Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. And I'm Brooke. And this is episode 91. Today, we're going to be talking about, guess what? The Walking Dead, season 10, episode 16. And we're also going to talk about The Walking Dead World Beyond, season one, episode one. Awesome. I'm so excited. Me but too. before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brooke? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Diana. It's been a busy week, and I'm so happy to be sitting with you virtually doing our awesome creative podcast. I know. <laughs> I love The Walking Dead. I am just so excited that uh, we finally got to see what happened. So that's really all I've been doing the last two weeks since I last talked to you yeah. is wait for The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good, Brooke. I It's a Friday night for us, and I was thinking earlier, I was so looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, I get to do the podcast tonight, and I get to do it with Brooke. What a great way to end the week, the work week. And I was busy at work today, so I'm really happy to be here with you and doing our little cheers. Cheers. And, and you know, the beginning of autumn, um, I, I can see the weather turning, and uh, it's the first time that I've had to put on a little sweatshirt, uh, buying pumpkins, and I'm loving this month. I'm enjoying Aww. it. So, Aww. and two of my son's birthdays are this month, so it's, it's a great month. I love this season, so I am so happy. So awesome. Do you like pumpkin spice lattes? Of course. Yum. <laughs> so delicious. I know. I've been having them. So I'm like, I got to keep, you know, getting them. And then every time I go to Trader Joe's, I seem to be buying something that's pumpkin flavor because I'm thinking, you know, it's going to go out of season and then I'm not going to have it. So I might as well get it now that it's there. So, um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. My client today, she's like, I'm going to go home and have pumpkin pie. And oh, I'm like, my gosh. Oh my gosh, I need to have pumpkin pie like every day in this house. <laughs> so yeah, tomorrow I'm going to get pumpkin pie. Oh, that sounds awesome. Great. <laughs> it does sound good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're back with The Walking Dead and, you know, there's been so much news about The Walking Dead. So as we previously discussed, but just to bring, you know, everybody up to speed, season 10 of The Walking Dead is going to have six additional episodes, which we'll see in 2021. And those are going to be COVID safe filming. So I think they're going to be a little more concentrated on characters and their development. So that'll be interesting to see. Yes. And then season 11 is going to have, which is their final season, which we talked about how upset we were about it, because <laughs> we know it's going to end at some point, which is horrible. Um, but season 11 is going to have 24 episodes, which is, you know, you normally at 16. So that's quite a bit more. So I'm really happy that they're giving us those extra episodes. Me too. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's going to take us, I think, into 2023, from what I hear. Okay, slow down. We're going a little too fast. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, ah! Time is flying by. I know. And we missed a whole year. <laughs> I know. I know, right? And then the Rick Grimes story is going to continue, and it's in the works because it'll be in the movies, or movie or movies. I, I don't know if they've decided yet on that. 
Um, originally, they had said three movies, but who's to know? Things. I feel like it's moving parts, right? It's always changing. And they also talked about a new series developing called Tales of the Walking Dead, which will be an episodic anthology. So that'll be interesting to see also. I would love that. It's yeah. almost like um, uh, uh, The Twilight Zone or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yay. That's pretty cool. And, you know, we still have Fear the Walking Dead. I haven't, you know, as far as I know, that's going to continue. And then after all of that, we're going to have the Carol and Daryl spinoff, which will be wow. so... I have no idea where that's going to go, but they have still a lot, much more story to tell. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll be totally happy just to look at Daryl Dixon for the rest of my life. (laughs) I know. So I'm not complaining. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So, but, you know, Carol and Daryl were in a, I was going to say a predicament, but it was more than that. They had to walk amongst these walkers and I kept thinking, could I do that? I don't know. So, Brooke, I want to know, you know, have you thought about, could you walk in a horde of walkers? And even more than that, thinking about, you know, being that brave and putting yourself on the line like that, would you volunteer yourself to enter a dangerous situation to save lives? Oof. That is very, very heavy. And I've thought about this before because when Rick and the group were in Alexandria and they had to walk through a horde of walkers with, um, uh, I forget the boy's name where he was like, Mom, you know, like Rick's potential girlfriend. I forget her name. Yes, I totally, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. So when, or like Pete's wife, right? Yes. I remember Pete. But I forget his wife's name. So anyway, I've thought about it before. I'm like, wow, to to have to do that. And I thought then that was a lot of walkers. Well, this was like a colony, like an ant colony of walkers. Like when they zoomed out to show how many were there, I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. They're going to tear the building down just because there are so many. Well, I would like to think that I would be able to do something like that. But I saw the fear in Magma's face, and it was like she was a she was ready to have a panic attack. And she's so, pretty brave too. Yeah, that was a lot to take in, a lot. So, um, you know, if I were one of the brave ones in the group, and that's what we decided that we were to do, yeah, I would I would have to do that. You know, I mean, I've got so many kids, they'd probably be like, no, you will stay back. You cannot go. (laughs) You're like, okay, no problem. I'm staying here. (laughs) Yeah, I've got kids. (laughs) But if I, you know, had to do it, I'm very, I'm a very brave person. Um, And so, yeah, I would definitely do it. You know, if it were to save lives and save my children and, 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 and my family and, and, you know, our community, then yes, I would. What about you? Would you be able to walk into a, a colony of walkers to save your family and your community? (laughs) I was gonna say no. Uh, (laughs) no. So 
honestly, my initial reaction is no, hell no. I, I'm saying that just from fear because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, could I do this? Could I do this? I too thought about when they did it, you know, in Alexandria with that, uh, that family and the boy freaked out. And I'm thinking that would have been me. <laughs> I would have been all, ah, the blockers. I would just see all their like chomping mouths at me. And I'd, I, I would think, oh gosh, they're going to eat me. I mean, these guys yeah. are going to eat me and I'd probably freak out. But right. then I thought about it. I'm like, gosh, I think that's the scariest thing to walk out amongst all these walkers. I don't know. I, I would be very, very fearful but at the same time, if my family was on the line and I had to do it, I've usually surprised myself. And I think I'm braver than I think I am. I think I'm calmer in um, situations that I, I didn't know if I could be. But I've, I've been able to be calm and push through on certain things. But at the same time, it's not walkers, right? It's a different type of situation. So I would hope that I could do it. But my first initial reaction is no. (laughs) Yeah, not not with walkers, not with zombies ready to eat me. Um, So yeah, well, I hope I have you in my community when that time comes. (laughs) Now that I know you would do that for us all. (laughs) So Friends out there, let us know what you think. Could you walk into a horde of walkers, a colony of walkers at that? Let us know what you think. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or at our Screens and Focus Facebook page. And you can also follow us on our Instagram and subscribe to our website and YouTube channel. The link is in our show notes. Let us know. So, Diana... Yes. What were your overall thoughts on episode 16? We waited a very long time. Oh my gosh. I know. I think, and I was texting you the day before. I'm like, thank you for that. It's on tomorrow. (laughs) It's on tomorrow. And the world beyond is after that. And and then Talking Dead is, I was so excited. So excited. So looking forward to this. I wanted to see how the Whisperer War would end and what would happen to all our people surrounded by this massive horde. You know, and the whispers led by Beta. I was curious as to when we would see Maggie, and I was thrilled that she showed up when she did. I was really afraid that some key people would die, and I was seriously on the edge of my seat and freaking out so many times. I am so impressed with the show and the production and the acting. They did not let me down. There is so much to talk about, and I was really happy with this episode. Yes, I agree. I actually forgot that Maggie was going to be back, and so that was a total surprise for me. Um, And honestly, I was completely ready to watch this episode But we watch it as a family. So I actually had to wait a few days, Mm. you know, because we were just so busy. So I was like at the edge of my day, like not even the seat, just the day. I'm like, when are we going to watch it? Like, I just have to see this. And I remembered most of what happened last episode or where we left off. And The Walking Dead always leaves me wanting more. I was, I was just afraid for our group. I was terrified of Beta. I was confused about Lydia mm-hmm. and Negan. You know, Michonne had left Judith and RJ. And I was like, there's a horde of walkers coming. 
So I just had so many emotions and I was just extremely excited. Yeah. Couldn't wait. Yeah. Uh-huh. But Diana, I want to know what stood out to you in this episode. So what I noticed and I loved about this episode was that there was a plan in place to beat the whispers and get rid of the walkers. Everyone was on board. They knew what they had to do and that they may not make it out alive. And even when things didn't go as planned, they adjusted their plan and they kept going. And I really enjoyed seeing so many of the characters' bravery in this episode. So as we talked about, Carol and Daryl and company had to put walker guts on so that they could walk past the horde to carry out the plan. For anyone that doesn't know, this is how you disguise yourself, you know, so that the walkers can smell walker blood and not human Ness in you. So uh, this has worked since uh, season one uh, when Glenn and Rick put those walker guts on and then it rained on them and they had to hurry up and get over that chain link fence or whatever it was so that they could get to safety. Um, but I was so damn scared for them. I was freaking out. I kept wondering who was going down. Most of the group makes it out, but a whisper gets to Beatrice and Carol is able to get that stab, with, you know, and she like turns the knife in her, which I thought was very cool. Ooh. Very, very Carol-like, right? Yeah. But that same whisper stabs Beatrice in the leg and she yells and the walkers get her. And she calls out to Carol to take the backpack, but Carol keeps walking and then she turns to look back at her and then keeps, you know, turning. And oh my God, the pain in her face. Can you imagine how hard it must be to not react and just walk away? And So scary. I know. And then she looks and sees the backpack in someone's hand. And as she gets closer, she sees that it's Lydia. So no one wanted Lydia around, but Lydia stays and helps the group. Yeah. Which I thought was, you know, it says a lot about her, I think. It really does. Yes, yes. And then we see Father Gabriel. He's holding down the fort and the whispers are breaking into the hospital where the group is held up. And uh, Judith, you know, goes to leave, realizing Father Gabriel is staying on his own. And he tells her he needs to do this and to give Rosita a message. But I kept thinking he is so brave. And he starts to pray. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm so amazed. I can't believe how much he has transformed from the very beginning, whispers come in and he fights hard and they drag him down and the whispers are about to kill him. And that, I, I call it a ninja guy. I, I don't know what he is, but he just seems like that because he's all cloaked in that outfit with an iron mask and he's got those knives. And, um, but, you know, that that ninja guy comes out and saves him. And then we see Maggie. I know. It was so cool. And they hug. I think she says something like, this one's with me. And uh, they hug, which I thought was so, it was just good. It was perfect. Because I really did think Father Gabriel was going down. I was like, I oh. I thought he was going to die. my God. He's yeah, gone. I, I was scared. I was so scared. And I thought, wow, he is totally brave. I mean, he, he, yeah, he, like you said, he has definitely changed from when we first um, were introduced to him, like. Amazing. Amazing. Um, well, for, for me, you know, the fact that the group had to leave the building in order to survive, I was like, I couldn't believe that they had to, to do that. 
exiting the building and not knowing where the whispers would be mixed in that horde and then having to kill each other so quietly so that they wouldn't alert the actual walkers. I was just amazed. When they opened the door and they all kind of came in, I was like, Oh yeah, that oh was so scary. Oh my gosh, yeah. Intense. Yeah, yeah, it was very intense. Um, and then Negan, I noticed Negan, you know, he did not go out with the horde due to being a target, as he put it. And, you know, I was really confused when he went down the elevator shaft <laughs> after he gave Lydia her mother's whisperer mass. I really thought that Negan had left the group at that point. I was very confused. Mm -hmm. He came through after all. He was able to act as a decoy just in time for Daryl to save his life and kill Beta. I was surprised, so surprised when Daryl came in to rescue Negan. That was like the last person that I thought Daryl could actually save. And I was like, no way. You know, Negan was saved by Daryl. It has just been such a long journey for Daryl to get to the place to trust Negan the slightest. Negan and Daryl have so much history. Mm -hmm. Daryl is very rough, naturally, when it comes to being scarred. And Negan left a huge scar on Daryl. Negan changed Daryl's life eternally. So I just think that it was a bold move for Daryl to do what he did in order to get Beta. And amazingly, Daryl's act of valor was just what they needed to do in order to stop that horde from getting back to them, right? Yeah. Because uh, Beta was controlling the horde. And so they had to get to the warlock, basically, you know, like you kill the head vampire. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, right? Uh-huh. Lost boys. So it's, you know, I thought it was uh, definitely something that they had to do for sure. So, you know, you reminded me uh, when you said Daryl was scarred by beta that he really was right because Daryl blamed himself for Glenn's death. Yes. Yes. Because if he hadn't reacted, Glenn could still be alive. Well, that's what Daryl thinks. That's not really necessarily true because Negan still didn't have to do what he did at that point. But um yeah, to save him, that's that's showing that Daryl has truly evolved, right? That he has moving past that. For himself, that's great, right? Because sometimes when things live within us like that, it, it torments us, right? Can last a lifetime. So I'm really glad that um, Daryl has some peace with that anyways. So I wasn't sure what Negan's plan was either. And I didn't know if he would really leave them hanging. I didn't think so, but I wasn't sure. And he's been such a bad guy. And I actually just rewatched the episode when he killed Glenn and Abraham. I just saw it when they were doing the marathon before um, The Walking Dead came back on. And I still, Brooke, I could not watch that part. I, I'm like, is that part coming? Is that part coming? <laughs> I'm like, because they were showing Rick struggling and, and every, you know, how Negan takes Rick off to the side and just kind of torments him and everything. And I was like, but then they kept flashing that and then back to the night when he's actually doing the deed. And I was like, no, I don't want to see it. I can't. I cannot. And I heard him when he was bashing Abraham. It was so awful. And I thought, God, Negan was such a horrible person. And 
And I know people say, but if you were on the other end, but you know what, if you're on the other end, you don't have to kill people that maliciously, you just kill them, right? If they're, if they've done something to you. So I, I, it was horrible. And so um, I just feel like now that Negan's a totally different person than he was. I, I just do. And I like this person and I feel like he's trying to redeem himself. Um, so I was glad that he did. Yeah. Uh, or he, you know, he's still working on that. Um, we have to still see what happens between him and Maggie. And and we'll see that when I, when we get to it. But I also, let me just bring up too, that I remembered that I didn't recall, but when I was watching, rewatching that episode, Maggie goes in to kill Negan or whatever it is. She has a confrontation with Michonne. And then she goes in there and she sees that Negan uh, first comes out tough, but then he basically wants her to kill him and and she tells him to come out of the light and when he comes out of the light he looks very broken down really broken down and she decides you know what you're already dead you're already in hell i i don't need to kill you and so i'm thinking well she already she almost seemed like she came to terms with it so i had forgotten completely about that so it'll be interesting to see where they pick up when they actually are face to face and they show yes. us that part. Yes. But back to the fight in this episode, Beta uh, sees Lydia and is about to go after her. And that's when Negan says, hey, shithead, which I think is so Negan, right? And they fight. And then that's when Daryl comes in and stabs Beta with two knives in both eyes. I mean, it was so extremely satisfying so satisfying i was like yeah. i'm so glad it was daryl that got to do this oh i i knew from the beginning when daryl and beta got into the elevator fight that daryl was gonna be the one to take beta out so i was just waiting for that moment and how it was going to go down but beta was just like the, the during that episode he was seriously hallucinating yes like lo- losing alpha had really twisted him even more than he was before because I guess when he and Alpha had met, they were, he, uh, Beta was in a, um, rehabilitation facility, it seemed. And so it seems like he may have already been having some, uh, mental issues before the apocalypse. And so just, it kind of just, to me, I just kind of felt Beta's pain while he was hallucinating and his visions that he was having with the walkers talking to him and chanting and that actually really creeped me out that they were talking to him and that he was uh like manifesting this yes and he lost like all control of himself and the reality which you know it's a very strange reality but he he had lost it and um he was totally lost I did, I was hoping that he was going to sing, you know, <laughs> because he was already like crazy. And right. I was like, is he going to start singing? Because I want to hear him sing or yeah. something. Because yeah. <laughs> he's a, you know, we know who he is now. And um, I was like expecting him to bust out into a song oh. <laughs> uh, with these walkers or something and chant. And, but, you know, Beta's death was extremely gruesome and I had a, I had different emotions because I felt that he was finally free. Yet the pain that he was enduring didn't seem to really 
bother him negatively. Like he didn't seem like he was in pain. I know. So it was sort of beautiful in a sick way that he was being taken by the walkers uh, because it was like the moment that he has been waiting for. Yeah. Um, And so I think the Walking Dead team gave him just an honorable and proper death for the villain that he what that he is. Uh-huh. And those the knife in his eyes and uh, him getting eaten, you know, it seemed really painful and I was squeamish, but he was free and I just felt I felt happy for him or like a sense of relief for him, even though he's a villain. I still like villains. Yeah. Um well, I liked Alpha and, too, even though she was a villain. Yes. These were good villains. We're going to miss Alpha and everything that she brought to the table in The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. Um, yeah. You know, uh, when the walkers were tearing at him and tearing off his mask, and you see Negan, and he recognizes him. And he says to uh, Daryl, damn, you know who that is? And Daryl says, yeah, nobody which yeah. was very cool, Daryl. And such a cool Daryl, right? But I, I'm glad that they they figured out who he was. I, I thought that moment was kind of cool. But um, yeah, I mean, Peta was crazy with all with everything that you just said. He was so far gone. And I also agree that they gave him a great send off. And I'm going to miss Ryan Hurst. You know, yeah. he was a good co-bad guy with Alpha. I think Beta and Alpha were awesome uh, villains and uh, kudos to them. And uh, yeah. I think that the, the seasons with them have been really good. Definitely. Yeah. What did you think about Carol and Lydia? Oh, gosh. I think it's it, it's so interesting, the journey that Lydia and Carol have gone through. Both of them have had heart wrenching times. Lydia grew up with Alpha as her mom and had to navigate and survive with all the craziness. And it's no wonder that she thanks Carol for what she did. And then with Carol, we see her, we've seen her evolve quite a bit from the beginning. And she suffered so much loss along the way. And having to live with the aftermath of what she did in the cave you know, because they presume Connie is dead. And then Daryl's upset with her because of that and, and just the way she was acting. And then Beatrice just died. So I think she's pretty devastated and feeling empty. But I think she's finding purpose with Lydia and vice versa. And they really need each other. And I found myself getting emotional watching the both of them because I think, I, I just think that that's a special relationship that I that I'm really enjoying. Yeah. At one point Lydia says to Carol, I'm not looking for a mom. It can be something else. So and I think Lydia's such a good person, but some of the others don't see it yet. And then she tells the group, I can be the one to lead the horde over the cliff because, you know, they lost the wagon and that wasn't going to be, you know, their way of getting the walkers over that cliff. So she volunteers for this. And as she's doing it, Carol steps in and takes over. And you see Carol approaching the edge and then someone pulls her hand. And of course, it's Lydia. I mean, the cliff's edge was very emotional for both of them. And Carol says, I told you to go. And Lydia says, you told me to find my own way. And then Carol cries and says, thank you. 
But I mean, she's saying that through all her tears. And it was just, I felt, I, I felt it. I totally felt it. And then yeah. Lydia cries and throws Alpha's mask over the cliff along with the walkers going over the canyon. And I just thought that was a beautiful scene. It was a beautiful scene to see those walkers falling and to see this mask falling. I, I just thought it was very poetic in a way. Oh, yeah. It looked great. Yeah. It, it was like a Thelma and Louise, you know, when they drive over the cliff, you're just like, oh. Yeah. It was like, oh. But at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was happy, right? Because you're happy yeah. the walkers yeah. are going over. You're happy that Alpha's mask is going over. It's kind of like the end. This was the yeah. end of that chapter. And so I really do feel that Carol and Lydia saved each other, both physically and emotionally. And I'm looking forward to seeing this relationship grow. And I think it'll be healing for for them. And I'm happy that the writers brought this to life. I really am. Oh, such good, good scene. Good. I'm glad that they were able to have that uh, monumental connection. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh. Oh, well, you know what? Honestly, I felt really bad for Lydia uh, during uh, this time and her not being accepted for the amount of time, you know, after Henry and, you know, those women from Oceanside who were openly saying how much they don't trust Lydia. At that moment, that really broke my heart. I think it was Beatrice and uh, some other Oceanside person that just were, you know, Now's not the time. We need to get this colony of walkers out of here. And if Lydia is there to help, we need all the help we can get. So I thought that was really just messed up. And so I just, it broke my heart and I fell in love with Lydia. I really have, you know, during all this time and her mother being who she was and her basically being an orphan and not being accepted and getting beat up at uh, Hilltop. And it's just, she, I've just felt sorry for her. And, uh, you know, losing Henry was a big deal. And she was like blamed for that, all of that. Yeah. Being the spawn of Alpha. You know, she's <laughs> being hated by all these communities uh, because she's Alpha's princess, basically. And, you know, she's simply living in a world full of death. It's just how worse could it get for her? Mm-hmm. And I just think that she had a lot to deal with for a young person. And uh, she still attempted to prove her honor and loyalty to these people who don't even want to trust her. So I appreciate the characters like Daryl and Negan they were her biggest supporters. And I was just relieved that she had them through this whole thing. So uh, I also appreciate the bond between Ezekiel, Yumiko, Princess, and Eugene. I thought that were really cute when they, they showed us them riding on the bicycles because I had forgotten about them and where we left off with them. Yeah. And them displaying that they could overcome issues together being a lot easier than overcoming issues alone. Cause Eugene was just like, just go, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that was not going to happen. That was just not going to happen. Ezekiel was not going to do that. 
I really appreciate that Ezekiel was helping Eugene, you know, as he himself is battling a terminal illness. Yeah. And on their way out, Ezekiel, I thought he was going to die on the trip because he was like running out of energy and, you know, they had gotten uh, stuck in doing whatever they were doing the last episode. And so for Eugene to be determined to find Stephanie and in hopes of, you know, a new group or expanding their groups, that was completely necessary. They had to, to, to get there. So I'm just glad and relieved that they continued. And I was just waiting for those field lights to turn on at the railway in hopes that we would meet Stephanie. But I guess we will have to wait for the next episode. Yeah. I, too, loved uh, Eugene and Ezekiel and Princess and Yumiko's response. I felt like each of them, they were supporting each other so much, you know, saying, no, we can keep doing it. We can go on. I, I just love that part. To me, it was a, a theme that was going through the whole episode that we saw our group they were all there for each other, Daryl and Negan, even though they're at odds, you know, Lydia and and Carol and then Eugene and um, Ezekiel I and, and so much more. There was more than that. They were all there for each other, you know, Maggie for Father Gabriel. But what I loved about this, um, well, it's not really the finale anymore, but for the season finale was that they were all really there for each other building each other up, supporting each other, putting themselves on the line. And I just love that. That that to me is what The Walking Dead is all about. It really right. is. So I right. love that so much. Yeah. Well, do you have any other thoughts about this episode? Well, I wanted to know what was up with the stormtroopers. And that's exactly what I said when I saw them. I'm like, who are these stormtroopers? Yeah. I'm like, why are they dressed up like stormtroopers? So um, I've read that they're a part of the Commonwealth, which is people in the comics. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But what's interesting is that as we were discussing The Walking Dead and my family, it was like, oh, as soon as... Beta was gone and the whispers, it was like, oh, they're gone. There's got to be another villain coming up. And then we see that part. I'm like, oh, maybe this is the new villain, right? Because nothing is ever simple. Nothing is ever gone. There's always something you have to fight through, get through, fight against, fight for. So um, it was really interesting um, about that. And also, I kept saying, because I thought it was ending, I'm like, wait, what about Connie? What about Connie? I know she's still alive. They haven't mentioned her. And then all of a sudden we see somebody, you know, crawling around that's all dirty and you can't tell if it's a walker, but it ends up being her. And then uh, she, you know, passes out on the road and who trots up on a horse? Virgil. Virgil uh, and his little orange, orange red backpack. So... I don't know what's going to happen with that because he held people in captivity. Yeah. So I, I see that he left his compound, but what does that mean? Is he going to help Connie? Is he going to take her back? Is he going to poison her? Is he, what is he going to, I don't, what are well, his intentions? He did leave on better terms though. I mean, even though he held people captive, he ended up 
helping me shown or showing her things and even though it took a little while. Uh, and of course, they had to force their way to do that. But I, I don't know. Hopefully he has. Uh, and they told him, come with us. And he said no. But then he ended up coming now. So I don't know. We're going to see what happens with him. Also, um, that ninja guy, Maggie's buddy, the identity wasn't revealed yet. So I'll be interesting to see who is under that mask. Yeah. And I also thought it was really cute. Uh, Maggie and Judith's reunion. Aww. So, um, yeah, I thought that was really cute. And I was wondering what she thought of RJ right next to her, you know, that she didn't acknowledge him, but because she's never seen him before, right? Yeah. Aww. <laughs> so precious. Yeah. Well, I know I was glad that Father Gabriel survived and he ran to his family, Rosita and Coco and I don't understand what half orange meant in Spanish. I don't understand. So I want to know what that meant. And I want to look into that symbolism. Do you know what that meant? I don't know. I don't know what it meant. I don't know if they talked about something or if it's something we, they haven't discussed. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to look into that because I was like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um and then the stereo with the horse carriage, that scene was like really intense. And I thought, dang, they're going to be able to, uh, you know, have all these walkers follow them this whole way. Like they're doing a really good job. I mean, it began to be night. And I know. They were still, you know, bumping that music. So I loved that part. I loved it when I heard burning down the house played by talking heads i was both laughing and loving it at the same time uh i was calling out for my son because we would bond over those songs plus i heard those songs growing up so it was just really cool talking heads and those songs they just have a history with me so to hear them playing that song was so cool i'm yeah. like yes this is so awesome i love it I loved it so much. Yeah. It reminds me of Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you remember that part. But anyway, um, I also really, really thought it was cool. The archery, the archers. Oh, yes, um, you're right. Sniping the whispers from the windows of the building that mm -hmm. they were in. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really good. And then one point she was like, oh, I think there, there's, I think there's one. And they're all, are you sure? She's all, I don't know. I know. <laughs> she was going to shoot anyway. So I like the snipers. That was really cool. You're I, I right. was like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So thankful for that. And even just along the way with the carriage, you know, uh, how they would snipe the, the whispers uh, while they were trying to move in and attack. That was very, very, uh, it reminded me of like the Patriot. You know, that scene with Mel Gibson yes. and uh, they were rescuing Heath Ledger. Yes. Um, very much like that, just in the woods and, you know. Oh, it gives me chills. I love yeah. it. But I thought the same thing. That's why when I was saying that they had this plan, they had a backup for, for things and they knew how they were going to attack. And I just felt like it was all their hard work, all that training that they had done through the season and I and it really paid off and so I loved seeing that so even the archery right because it takes you a while you can't you don't just learn to do that overnight it's something you have to practice and be good at so I yeah. thought that was awesome yes I agree cool well 
We are now at the segment where we often give an award to our favorite character, quote, or moment. So, Diana, who or what was your favorite, quote, character, or moment? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, it was always it's always hard for me to choose something that stood out. But I am going to give it to Carol and Daryl. This is after everything, and they're checking in with each other. And so Carol asks Daryl, are you good? And he says, yeah. And asks her, did you get what you wanted? And she says, no, not really. And then he says, you still got me. She asks, yeah. And he says, yeah. And then they hug. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love this friendship so much. And he says, New Mexico is still out there. And she says, maybe someday we still have things to do here. And I love how this is a foreshadowing of their spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And what's interesting is they filmed this a long time ago, right? I just recently heard that. Daryl, when they asked him, it was an interview, and they said, what did you um, think of the show ending? And Daryl says, I was surprised. He says, I really was. I thought the the Carol and Daryl spinoff was going to be during The Walking Dead, like we were going to veer off this way and then come back on The Walking Dead. He says, I didn't realize that The Walking Dead was going to end, and then we were going to do the spinoff. So even he didn't know you know, what the, you know, how this was all going to happen. So even more so, this just seems so perfect to me. Awesome. So I love it. So Brooke, tell me who your award goes to. What was your favorite quote, character, or moment? Well, I'm going to give my award to Lydia. And I do because I appreciate her efforts and her understanding. She is truly brave for what she did for Carol and the group sacrificing herself for the entire community. Multiple communities, Hilltop, Alexandria, Oceanside, and wherever else that the Whispers were a threat to. She had a sense of responsibility, and she was brave enough to sacrifice her life for the others. You know, she was strategic and knowledgeable on how to lead the horde into that canyon. And I just am so... I just love her. Yeah. I really, truly love her. I do I, too. Like, I wanted to just give her a big, giant hug. Mm -hmm. I wished I was Carol in that moment so that I could feel her comfort, her actual genuine care that she has and in her entity that she has for people. She was truly manipulated by her mother her mm -hmm. entire life. Yeah. And so um, for her to come out of that and be... A compassionate person, I think she deserves so much more. That's awesome, Brooke. I totally agree with you. And I'm so yeah. glad that you gave your award to her. I really do Aww. think she deserves it. She did help everybody and put yeah. herself on the line, which is our which was our question of the day. It's like, could you do it? She could have just taken off. She could have just left. But I think she really wants a community. She really wants this is what she always wanted. She didn't want what her mother was given her, right? She wanted this. And so I yeah. hope that they all give her the chance knowing what she did. Oh my gosh. It was a great episode 16 to season 10 of The Walking Dead. I thought it was perfect. Yes. Bravo. Yay. Thank you for finally releasing this episode to us. I know. 
So we also got to watch The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, season one, episode one. So this is a two season limited series that centers around two sisters, Iris and Hope Bennett. And they break out of a facility to go find their dad, who is a scientist working for the CRM, which is the place that we all believe Rick is being held up at. So I like these sisters. They are different from each other, but they get along. And I think they can draw on each other's strengths to hopefully survive. And what's interesting is that they both have secrets or things that they're dealing with and trying to deal with them, right? So I like that they kind of expose that. Yet, but yet they're sisters and they're they're bonded together and they're going to go find their dad. So they travel outside the gates with the help of uh, Elton and Silas. And there is Felix, who is their guardian, on their heels to find them. We also see that Hope and Iris's mom, Carrie, died at the beginning of the apocalypse 10 years ago. Because this is 10 years into the apocalypse where this begins. And so the mom died uh, at the very beginning of the apocalypse uh, because she was shot by a scared pregnant woman while she was with young Hope at the time. And then later, Elton mentions that his mom was pregnant with his sister when she died and has a picture that looks similar to the pregnant mom that killed Carrie. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't really catch all this until the second time. I I watched it twice and I was like, oh my God, that looks like Elton's mom. And now he's traveling with the sisters and one of them might have killed his mom. And I'm like, oh my God, but of course that mom killed their mom. So I don't know. I'm just thinking there's drama already with all of this. And lastly, I want to add that the CRM, I didn't notice this the first time either. I'm I'm curious... um, to know if you did, Brooke, but the CRM killed the entire campus colony. I was like, what? I thought they had just killed some walkers or something that were around when they were looking for um, Hope and Iris. But when I watched it again, I realized it was the whole colony. Wow. Did you get that? No, I didn't get that. Well, so that's what happened. But I didn't catch it the first time either. I took me a second time to, to really realize it. So, um, and if you were to rewatch it, you would see that it says the campus colony in the background. You would see that amongst the walkers, there's also uh, people that are dead and there's a lot of them. So if everybody, if those uh, four plus Felix and um, his partner that are hunting down the kids, if they hadn't left, they'd all be dead too. Scary. So, oh my yeah, gosh. these people mean business. I knew something was up, but, you know, what I could say about the show based on the first episode is overall, I think I'm really liking the show. So far, there's uh, a new refreshing feel about the show. I like it. It's, It's got this like youthful glow to it. I was very confused at first and thought that it was starting out all the way back to the beginning of the apocalypse. I appreciate the creativity in fast-forwarding to the apocalypse by 10 years as opposed to going to the early stages, revisiting all of that again. This community is so established, and they were, like, so full of resources. 
Um, they even had gas. I mean, they were driving a bus, you know, there was so much technology. I was fascinated about how they're able to keep it all going. The campus is bustling. There were jobs, there were homes, they're clean. It's cute. There's school, there's college classrooms. I mean, it just doesn't seem like an apocalypse to me at all. So far, I like the characters and the little that we know about them. I'm completely fascinated with the three-ringed organization that has Rick. Yeah. So I just can't wait to, to get more involved into this series. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. It was really fun. I liked it. I really did. So it's going to be uh, Dominic and I, our after-school special. Cause, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, he and I are so interested in uh, this universe. And so we just, we're just going to absorb it all. Yeah. But besides The Walking Dead, I know you have to be watching other shows. What else are you watching? Well, they're starting to put things back out. So Dancing with the Stars came back out. Um, the old hosts are out and Tara Banks is the new host and they don't have an audience. So it's very interesting. But I can say that uh, the dance competition of this has is, is been very good. The stars that they have on there, even though I don't know a lot of them, I'm beginning to know them, but the dancing is fantastic. So it's fun to watch this. Um, the Mask Singer... God, is this the third or the fourth season? Anyways, I've been watching it and I thought this was the silliest show in the very beginning and now I keep watching it. But I have to say this season, almost everybody on there is a, is a singer or something because they are fantastic. That's cool. And um, so it's really kind of fun trying to guess who these people are. I did finish The Umbrella Academy. And I actually loved the second season. I It's on Netflix. Um, it's great. I thought it was really great. And I really enjoyed um, both seasons. But the second season to me was better. Cool. But I really want to share with you uh, two movies that I've watched that were both really good. Um, one is called Outpost and it's on Netflix. It's a 2020 war drama based on a nonfiction book. And... At first, I'm thinking, oh, do I really want to watch a war drama? Well, I'm glad I did. It's the untold story of American valor regarding the Battle of Kamdesh in Afghanistan war. A small unit of soldiers battling numerous and coordinated attacks from the Taliban fighters. Uh, these, this unit was so exposed because they were in this valley with three mountains. And it is considered the bloodiest battle with American engagement. I was astonished that they put this outpost in such an exposed area. I mean, no wonder they were always being attacked. I, it, it was beyond me. But what I have to say is a lot of these men uh, received recognition. Of course, some died and some were able to live. But Anytime something is a true story and it has to do with war, I really think people should watch it because we really, otherwise, how do we know? How do we know what happened and what's going on in our world and going on in our history? And I had no idea. So I am really glad that I watched this. It was a really good movie. Scott Eastwood was in it, Orlando Bloom, and uh, Colby, no, Caleb, Caleb Landry Jones. It was great acting, well-directed. And I would say, please watch it. I watched a documentary on uh, that 
battle. So it's, it's oh, very intense. Yeah. I'd have to look back. Cause I've watched as many, uh, documentaries, uh, during that time as I possibly could seek. So I've, yeah. uh, a lot of them I found on a uh, prime video. So, uh, you might be able to find something there. I, I just can't remember the name of the documentary cause there, there's quite a few. Yeah. But, uh, it's a really good movie, mm-hmm. though. So it just came out, I think, a week or two ago. It's on Netflix, so it's easy to just go watch it. Cool. I also watched The Assistant, which was in 2009. It's a 2019 film. It's on Hulu. It's with Julia Garner from Ozark. Uh-huh. This was an interesting movie. It's about a young female college grad, Jane, who is an aspiring film producer, and she lands this dream job as an assistant to a powerful entertainment mogul but the film is it it explains the predatory behavior that stays hidden because of powerful people who exploit authority wow this movie is set in a, a day in a life of jane's life and the storytelling is very different and so not everything is spelled out for you Um, You never see Jane's boss. So the story is told through Jane's reaction, along with everyone else in the office and his wife, who calls a few times inquiring about the whereabouts of her husband and this new unknown employee, uh, a young girl with no experience being flown in from Idaho and being put up at the mark on her first day of work. So it's very it's just very interesting. Um, you really have to watch Jane and hear what she hears and understand what she is feeling to follow the movie. It's It feels like a thriller because you're not really sure what's going to happen next. And Julia Garner is so amazing. And I hope that you give this movie a chance and watch it um, just for her performance. It's it's really great. But it is a different style of movie. And Kitty Green wrote and directed this film. Oh, okay. But it's one of those movies that keeps lingering. Like, I keep thinking about it. So it stays with you. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I appreciated it. So both movies were good. They're, they're very different, but... Um, they are both recommended. Awesome. Well, thank you. Those sound really, really exciting. Brooke, what are you watching? Uh, so there's a show on uh, Xfinity. There's a uh, network called Epics, Epics with an X. And the show is called War of the Worlds. And I'm sure you uh, have heard of the uh, story by H.G. Wells. And mm-hmm. uh, Tom Cruise was in a movie, uh, War of the yeah. Worlds, a f- you know, a few years back, yeah. which is really good. I watch it often. But there is a uh, series now, and I heard that they're going to be doing a second season. Uh, but the show is about astronomers detecting transmission from another galaxy, and it is extraterrestrial life. So... Once they realize that this is happening, the public knows about it and they are all told to hide because they are assuming that there's going to be or a potential attack is near. Within days of transmission, uh, these extraterrestrials uh, land on Earth and, uh, you know, there's destruction and people are like, there's these objects that have landed, like hundreds of them, all across the planet. And 
they the humans are told to hide because they're unsure of what's going to happen. So when they do hide and come out of where they were hiding, everyone else that didn't hide is basically dead. So these aliens are searching for something. Uh, These humans that have survived don't know what's going on, don't know what to do. They're they're basically living in an apocalypse now, and um, they're under attack still. So these extraterrestrials are like half robot, half organic, so like, there is an actual life in these robots and they're creepy. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, the real life robots that are being created, uh, in our society and they look like four legged robots. So it looks like a dog. That's what these robots look like or these aliens, I guess. So they're like mechanical, but then you're able to, you know, dissect it and you will see an organic, uh, substance. So there is a life. So you could potentially kill these, uh, aliens to protect yourself. Mm. It is so good. The first episode I watched, I went to bed and I had an apocalypse dream. (laughs) And I love, you know, how I love my apocalypse dreams. Yeah, um, I think I had one too. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, okay. So I highly recommend this show. It is very good. It's not okay. So like, it there's you know there is death, but it is not gory. There is like the subtle drama. There's suspense, mystery, um, and and there's like moments where you're like, oh, get out, you know. There, so it just if you you're in it you feel like you're in it and it but it's it's not very dark to where uh you can't see like you could see what's going on it's they're filming it really well uh to making it uh almost a reality like you could picture it being real and so uh i was telling my dad about the show and he brought me back to the original War of the Worlds when it was on the radio back in the 40s. And I guess a lot of people didn't know that this was a show-based story. And so people actually thought that there was going to be an alien attack and people actually committed suicide in real life on planet Earth in our society at 1940 when everything was on a radio, no TV. So, uh, I'm recommending this to, you know, everyone, my husband, I keep telling him daily, like, you got to watch it. It is so good. It is so good. It's really, really good. So that's on epics with an X and I have Xfinity. So I'm not sure if direct TV people can access this, but I'm sure there are so many people out there that know how to find shows. Um, war of the worlds is very good. Uh, the other genre that I'm into right now is Halloween theme. Uh, mm-hmm, uh, my yeah. kids love Halloween. I love Halloween. So there was a day that we had no Wi-Fi. The kids could not go to school for hours. So I'm like, I don't care. Let's put on a Halloween movie. It was still September. But <laughs> we've already decorated <laughs> our house in September for Halloween. So I'm uh-huh. like, let's just do it. 
And cool. Paranorman is a movie that my kids love. We watch it every year. And it's an animated film about a boy named Norman. And he lives in a town where he can talk and see the dead. Talk to and see the dead. And uh, he is told by his uncle that he must protect the town by the curse. And so he's trying to figure out how he can, uh, uh, like, uh, I guess, end this curse that the town is cursed by. So he goes through an adventure and it's really cute. Like the voice actors, you know, there's like one actor that I can tell you is Casey Affleck on the top of my head. Oh, okay. Um, but there, yeah, it's, it's such a good, a, uh, uh, I guess not horror film for kids, but like it's a good animated, uh, scary movie because it's not super scary, but yeah, there's like some parts that are like suspenseful and adventure. And, uh, I just think that it's really cute and fun for this month of Halloween. And I think it should be on everybody's 31 days to Halloween list <laughs> that's awesome i hadn't heard of that before Paranorman. yeah i love it i love it we own it on dvd so you could borrow it oh that's yeah. cute you know i'm sorry i have one more thing to recommend and i just watched it last night this is on Netflix, and it's called song exploder now i've listened to this po- it's a podcast originally and I had listened to it on Game of Thrones theme song. And I loved it when I heard it. I loved the podcast. And so now I, I stumbled upon it late yesterday and I clicked on it and there was one on Hamilton. And I loved it. It showed Lin-Manuel Miranda talking with, you know, his musical director and other people about how he came up with um, Aaron Burr's song, uh, Wait For Mm -hmm. It. Oh, it was so amazing to see him work and see how he thinks and see how he constructs music. Oh, I loved it. It's like 25, 27 minutes long. It is so worth watching. And I guess every episode concentrates on another song writer. I think the first episode is Alicia Keys, which I first started watching, but I really wanted to watch the Lin-Manuel Miranda because of Hamilton, because we did our podcast on Hamilton. And so I thought, I have to watch this. It is great. I totally recommend it. It's on Netflix. It isn't very long. It's great. And they have other songs on there that I'm going to uh, watch. But I just wanted to um, mention that because it's so good. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you for your recommendations. Um, I'm going to check out this War of the Worlds. Um, It sounds very interesting. And uh, hopefully I can check out Paranorman, too. Oh, it's so cute. Yes. You'll enjoy. Okay, so that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope that something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, 
some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. If you could do us a big favor and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we really need your feedback. Yes, thank you so much. We'll also be uploading a new episode in a couple of weeks. The next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 1 and 2, and The Walking Dead, World Beyond. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye!